Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the first Forza Italian football podcast of this season. And I think I briefly spoke with you, Kev, and Connor about this, how for my limited pool of um, knowledge for this, which is about two seasons, we're never all around for the first or last podcast of a season. And we're really not around this time. You've got me hosting, I'm Ewan, I've got Kev with me. Connor is away and Vito is otherwise engaged. So you've only got the two of us this time. You've got the two English kids. <laughs> how are you, Kev? I'm uh, I, I'm I'm all right. I'm blaming Connor though, because um, well, last season we could have done it in the gap that I had between the last game of the season, me going to the Champions League final, but Connor had I don't know some sort of personal or you know <laughs> things to be getting on with, so or, or he just didn't want me on the uh, end of season <laughs> uh, podcast, and and I've seen him earlier. Showing off his legs by a pool somewhere, so he clearly didn't get the memo about when the Italian season was actually starting. So, yeah, if we're blaming anybody here, I think we're blaming Connor. But uh, there well, you go. He's down in uh, Puglia at the moment. He's he's got a pleasant deal involving a friend and some accommodation. Um, so I don't blame him. Um, but something we should say: the um, this is Forza Italian Football Podcast. The Patreon. For those who are involved or want to be, that is soon to become, or possibly is, you'll get more details about this in due course, due course, um, is patreon.com forward slash total Italian football. We're having a bit of a rebrand. Um, can't say mass amount right now because we're not fully done it, but that's going to change and there will be more info and it, you'll still get loads of stuff. Uh, potentially, well, you will get more stuff actually. And it should be better stuff as well. Um, in terms of the football though, there was some of it, and it was quite good actually. For 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 a set of results, which uh, a set of fixtures, which you know weren't exactly ones that capture the imagination. It was as is always the case. It was a pretty normal set of games. We had some pretty good level of drama, I'd say. So to run through the results on Saturday, at what would have been six thirty Italian time in the evening, we had Milan four. Udinese 2, and we also had Sant nil, Atalanta 2 at the same time. That was followed up with Lecce 1, Inter 2, and Monza 1, Torino 2. And then Sunday, we've had Fiorentina 3, Cremonese 2, Lazio 2, Bologna 1, Salernitana 0, Roma 1, and Spezia 1, Empoli 0. And Monday night is actually a very tidy little evening of football. I'd say it's actually the best fixtures of the weekend because you've got um, Napoli away at Verona and then Juve at home to Sassuolo which will be very nice, I'm going to settle in for that I think I've got a shift somewhere in the evening which is going to coincide nicely but I'm going to stick Juve on the other screen <laughs> um, but we're going to start with Milan because 
this was quite a fun way to start the season, wasn't it? I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure, Kev, you had this and the Monza Torino game on at the same time, didn't you? Um, but th- this was really fun. <laughs> yeah, was it? Was it this and it was this and yeah. Sampdoria at Atalanta? Yeah, I was I was a bit like you. I I sort of wasn't sure if we'd have much to discuss because the the better games um, did look like those on on Monday. Um, it was nice if you're a UK uh, viewer that they were starting these games at at five thirty UK time um, because the very very frustrating things and obviously people outside the UK won't really care is that you used to have the uh, the UK blackout on games. So you, it, when they were starting at five, five o'clock, we, we weren't allowed to sort of have any uh, images until quarter past five. So it was, it was a little bit of a novelty, sort of um, going straight into the game starting. I'm not sure whether they'll continue to do that or whether that's... Because um, obviously the, the later fixtures are because of the heat in Italy at the moment. <laughs> not that it's particularly chilly in the UK. Um, so, so that was quite nice. I think it's it's a, it put me off a little bit. Sorry, put me off. It threw me off a little bit tonight because then the um, the game before the seven forty five UK kickoff finishes at half seven. I usually get like a half yeah, hour buffer where I can. Me out, you know? I was going to nip to the shop. <laughs> it was like, oh no, I've got fifteen yeah. minutes till the next game. It's Not like ah! um, But yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to come to terms at the moment with that. But I think it it was. We always talk about. You know the strength of Syria and what it is now, as opposed to sort of when I grew up and watched it, and what is the issue with it, and why the you know there's been stuff over the summer about the you know TV deals being renegotiated and how they sort of pale into insignificance against like the Premier League, but that's not that's not dissimilar to the likes of La Liga. Um, and it, it does always feel about that that sort of branding thing. And I think starting with Milan this week, you're starting with the champions. Because they're champions, it looked like one of the best crowds for an opening game I've seen at the San Siro uh, for a while, considering that Udinese are the opposition. You know, you've got this kind of mid-table side and if people are still on their holidays or you know not in the area, then I think it can be, it can be difficult sometimes to, to fill those big arenas. But yeah, and then you get you get a sort of a goal in ninety seconds for the opposition, um, which I don't think anybody's expecting, considering how how good Milan were last year defensively. That they sort of this free kick gets swung swung over, and almost everybody misses it after um, the header. And and then you had a bit of controversy with the penalty. So I think I think it was a really good really good way to start the season. Yeah, um, just so that everyone, while there may only be two of us, just so that you know how professional we are and how committed we are to um, giving you a good, good podcast when you mentioned about the heat kit it's horrible here and you know how warm my flat is and I've still shut the window out of respect for our listeners because there's a lot of noise outside right now any warm evening where I live means that there's a hideous amount of noise from the bars and I'm I'm warm <laughs> it's very warm here um, <laughs> but yeah like I say that Sanzero looked fantastic didn't it yesterday um and in terms of how the game panned out, so Rodrigo Bacal scored after just over ninety seconds, um, which, like I say, that that was a big shock, and also it, it did set the game up very well. Like that, it, it's a lot more interesting if <laughs> who knows to take the lead rather than Milan. But then very quickly, 
Teo Hernandez scored from a penalty, which is it was a penalty that I know has angered a lot of people. Um, and then Ante Rubic made it 2-1 very soon after. Um, this is all within about first 15, 16 minutes or so. And that was a very, very good move from me. And they sort of turned it on at that point. And you kind of assumed they'd run away with it. And then right on the stroke of half-time, Adam Messina scored. And it just put a totally different complexion on everything, including the stadium. There was quite a few added minutes because of the penalty. And they, it was like the 49th minute they equalised. Um, second half kicked off. Brahim Diaz scores in, I think, 45 seconds. It was just <laughs> extremely, very much kicked off in the same vein. And then... Um, it, it was quick enough for me to miss yeah, it. Yeah, well, I missed the one in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting in from somewhere and I thought, oh, this will be all right. <laughs> the, the team who don't... Well, that's it. I, I expected it to be a really low-scoring game. Um, you know, I mean, Milan are champions, but just I've I've attended enough opening season games to know that the players are, you know, finding their feet. Milan have a, had a little bit of a churn with with players. I know there were a lot of familiar faces actually in the starting eleven. Um, but you know, when you've got the heat and you're coming off the back of preseason, and they're coming off a relatively short preseason because of um, having a break in November for the Qatar World Cup, and I just thought this is going to be. Routine victory for Milan, but maybe not over, you know, that we wouldn't really see over sort of two, three goals in the game. Um, certainly wasn't expecting maybe Udinese to get the game, the goals they got. Certainly not Adam Messina with that header. Um, maybe, maybe maybe that's his best feature because he's awful at times with his feet. So uh, maybe he should just stick to heading things. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really nice pace to the game for like an opening Opening season, and maybe that's kind. Of, I know Italy's had it for a while; they've had the five substitutions, but maybe that's a that's a change when you know you can you can effectively swap out half your team. Maybe it gives the players a little bit more impetus to to sort of pick up the pace a little, even when they're just coming back off of preseason. See, I I, I thought this could have quite a few goals, not not quite four two levels, but my, my thinking was that Milan has spent a lot of the summer getting written off by a lot of people. You know, which is stress that predicting the season is horrible this time. because um, there's just a lot of teams you can't quite read. But a lot of people, myself included, have been putting Milan third in a lot of tables and stuff. And you know, the players will have been reading a lot of this stuff. And then so they've got a point to prove themselves. And then you chuck into the mix that Udinese after after the quite drastic change in style partway through last season and then they've had a change of coach. They they essentially don't know what they are and we certainly don't know right now um i wondered if you know that that there was kind of enough ingredients there for quite a few goals more so in milan's favor um but like i said i didn't think it'd be quite as mad as this um the two players who stood out to me were bearing in mind the transfer so you've got origi came in um and charles de ketelaira i believe is how we're going to say it (laughs) um I say okay. how we're going to say it. That's, that's, that's how, how, yeah, that's how it's said. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my decision. Um, um, they've come in in the positions effectively to... You'd think that they, that will result in less playing time for Brahim Diaz and Ante Rebic. Uh, particularly for Diaz, if you also factor in that Yassine Adli's come back from loan at Bordeaux and has looked very good in pre-season, is clearly going to play something of a role this season. Um, but... Fitness-wise, um, particularly with Origi and also with De Ketelaro only just coming in, um, it was Diaz and Rebic who started. And Diaz was fantastic. He was very lively throughout. He was the player that he's shown in fleeting patches at Milan before, and he scored. And then Rebic also scored twi- twice. And 
that's tough for Pioli now, isn't it, for his next game? Because you'd think he was kind of expecting to start getting his new signings involved next week, probably. But can you drop either of them two next week? Um, I think he probably he won't won't want to, won't need to. Again, I come back to the the sub the subs. You know, having that availability. Um, I thought because this is another reason why I thought it was going to be low scoring. I thought that um, Origi and uh, Giroud, it must be, were doubtful with injuries, and then suddenly they sort of crop, you know, popped mm. up off the off the bench. So if they're still nursing little knocks, and certainly in in, Ari- in Origi's case, they'll be wanting to get him, you know, used to the team. Um, I I say this having absolutely no idea who Milan have got next week because it's I want to say it's that stage it. of the season where I don't care. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, I don't usually look at the table <laughs> until about six. Yeah, you know, until it has a, until it has an impact on them either moving into position where you know it it makes a difference for European qualification. I don't really I don't really look at the table, so I don't really look at the opposition because I think you churn through those six games. It's all about trying players out. You know, just. Get him, particularly if you're strong enough to get through and get three points. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think he'll probably. Everybody wants to see um, the Belgian, the Ketelaer. The I heard that. That seems to be the exception. Well, I heard it Saturday. I heard it Saturday, and I've repeated it to myself a few times. But obviously the sands of time are catching up on me, and I've completely forgotten <laughs> how they'd said it on the TV when uh, when we came on. But yeah, so I think he will. I think he will switch it around because yeah, he'll 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 keep the back line um, largely the same, so they don't concede so many. Um, and it allows him to 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 mix it up. I mean, you know, we, yeah, the, their star last year was Rafa Leal, and we probably haven't you know we've not spoken about he, he him at all. Relatively quiet, not not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but he he wasn't. The, the main guy, it was Diaz and Rebic were very much the main guys. Um, yeah, like you say with the subs, that that I think the fact that Origi and Decatelari came on is that's that's the perfect exhibit of what's changed for them. You know, who who were they bringing on last season? It, it was it was I know we're praising him right now, but it was Rebic coming on and he wasn't having the same level of impact as he had yesterday. He's clearly he's clearly aware no. that he's he's fighting for a place right now. And these showed it. Well, you know, it sounded it sounded somewhat surprising that um, on the commentary, on commentary, they said that that was Rebic was equal in his goal tally for last season. Really? And um, I can't I can't type away at Google here because it affects my microphone. <laughs> but right. um, but 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 yeah, the the commentary side said that that was his certainly. I'm assuming they meant um, league goals mm. only. It felt like he had a bigger contribution last season, but maybe that was, you know, me. You know, we've, I've got to stop saying it, but for some time now, I've been saying about how the the seasons have kind of merged into each other because of short breaks and pandemic delays and things. But it feels like he had a bigger contribution than two league goals last season. Yeah, yeah, certainly that that seems surprising to me. I've been a bit unlucky here, but the first thing that I've clicked on to try and verify what you said is not useful whatsoever despite seeming like it will be and I'm going to part that now and let people just wonder themselves whether that's true <laughs> look at it themselves yeah. <laughs> have a look yourselves but, um, if not blame BT <laughs> yeah. yeah blame them for their tough starts um, mm. in terms of the opposition do you think that um, Udinese might continue to be quite interesting even though they're without 
Gabriele Choppy now. Because, like I say, I wondered if they might revert to type or whatever under Sotil. But, I mean, they, they, they certainly were more than willing to go forward yesterday. Yeah, like there was um, there was some rumours over the summer about Delafeu um, moving on, and uh, if they get to the end of the transfer window with him still in post and Beto came off the bench, um, they'll they'll do probably as much as what they did last season. They won't pull any trees up, but there are there are probably a significant number of sides that on paper are worse than them that give them the confidence to maybe. You know, release the shackles a little when they're when they're playing other sides. So I think I think we'll get a bit of entertainment out of them for that reason. Yeah, to to me, I think they're. I don't picture them being in a relegation scrap. I think even just based on yesterday, I think there are plenty of worse teams. Um, in terms of the, so later on in the evening, we settled down for Lecce Inter. Um, we had a bit of a moan about this on Twitter again. Again, we're going to slug off BT again. So. We're certainly not getting any sort of deals with them based based on this. <laughs> not that they've asked, um, but they have no stadium noise. And there was one commentator, and it would just it it really sort of dampened my feeling about watching the game. It was it affected me a lot more than I expected. Viewers in the UK will know what we're talking about. It might it might even be people who didn't notice that that was the case, but I noticed it straight away, and it ruined it. For yeah. Me, well, because I, 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 I was watching Monza on the on the TV, and I had the the other screen set up for Inter, largely because I thought Inter was going to be kind of a runaway victory. So I thought I'll, I'll I'll flip that onto the big screen if it gets interesting, which I did later on. Anyway, I probably watched the last twenty five minutes on the main TV. Um, but but yeah, and I, I, there, it was so faint that I wasn't sure if they'd done it on purpose or if the microphones were so far away from the crowd. Um, because I was comparing it compare <coughs> sorry, comparing it to Monza where the where the you know there was quite a lot of crowd noise from the from the you know the the ultras section if we call them that in the stadium. But yeah it was it was weird and it kind of it kind of didn't help because the game was quite flat. I don't think I don't know if that was Lukaku scoring within ninety seconds. Now I know I got that one right because it was eighty six yeah. seconds. I saw that on Twitter <laughs> today. Um, so I don't know if it was that. And then, yeah, because they came back and they scored a they scored a crack and equaliser. I couldn't really fault too many people. Um, you know, on, on the Inter side, the centre back went to closing down. Brozovic kept running with him. Admittedly, he, he maybe he could have stayed on his feet rather than dived in. He did. He, he, hes- he, he hesitated a little bit. I think looking for the offside. Um, but yeah, and you know, and, and Handanovic didn't get beaten at the front post. So I think it was actually a really nice, um, nice finish from the lad. Uh, but yeah, so the game was the game was a little flat, and I don't know if I was. Let's say I was probably sixty percent confident that the goal was coming, but there was a there was a lot of sort of inter pressure. Um, so it felt like if the goal was coming either way, it was it was going to be them, unless you know there was a real sort of surprise breakaway. Um, it was it was one of those games where I watched the likes of Matteo Damian, and you you have confidence in those types of players. So let's throw Diabrosio in there as well, just so I'm not sort of singling out one player. You have confidence in them. With an Antonio Conte, um, arguably even with a, a Stefano Pioli, 
you know, the likes of Salamakas, who are just, as an individual player, I just, I, I just don't see the appeal. And, you know, and they flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, and you think, you know, when, when the game's like that, when it's so flat, and you think, inter-squad on paper isn't as good as I think I probably thought it was last year when I sort of went through the latter stage of the season going, oh, yeah, they're going to win this league. And I think they need to get rid of some of that deadwood now, really, um, because I, yeah, I think it, I think it drags them back a little. I, th- I think they've probably, I get what you mean, but I think they've probably got rid of as much as they can at this point. So, so obviously, Sensi yeah. has gone on loan to Monza. Vidal is gone. Um, Urenoki is gone. Um, who else is there? Sanchez is gone. Um, so it, it is. It's, it's a streamlined squad in comparison to last year, and a lot of people who are, didn't really have a role in the first team last season, but could have if there was an injury situation. A lot of them have gone as well. A lot of young players have been shipped out because they're just desperate to recoup any sort of cash they can. Um, so I think you know they, they need to add another defender before the end of the season. That that the um, Inzaghi has made that abundantly clear in his press conference and also in his comments after the game, he's been absolutely clear with the club that he needs a defender. And he's also made it very clear that he does not expect anyone to get sold. Um, even though... Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's that there's... there's it's, a, it's a tighter squad now that um, they're, they're not subbing on and off enough. Mm. So I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a look at Darmian for eighty minutes, whereas like when they when I have more backups, you know, Ashley Younger get chucked on, it's fine because I'm only getting forty five minutes of each of them. But yeah, it's something about having to sort of sit there and watch their them just sort of shuttling up and down sort of the flanks and not really doing very much, just clattering into somebody and giving a free kick away or you know misplacing a pass because they're they're just a little bit below the level that you. You know, you you really want to be at to be not just not just winning the league, but you know, going through the latter stages of European competition. And just while I'm having a bit of a rant about subs, I don't know if anybody else has watched this, but Joachim Correa seems to run on without moving his arms when he comes right. off the bench. It's like I, I, I cannot like, say that I've shouting. spotted that. I'm not saying you're wrong. But... Next time he, <laughs> next time he comes off the bench, which he will, because I think it's where he's going to start most of the season. Just he, he sort, of, <laughs> he, he sort, of, he sort of runs on, but his arms don't move. It's it's weird. It's like he's holding them in place in his I, side. I always the and only thing I can think yeah. that maybe backs up what you're saying is that to me the way that Joaquin Correa plays football a lot of the time, he looks like that kid who is good at football, but the second it rains. They do not want to be there full stop. And to me, he constantly looks like the kid who is in the rain and doesn't want to be. He yeah. looks she I think it's a confidence thing. He's not confident at the moment. But he, he looks a bit okay. sheepish and a bit uncomfortable. And I, I suppose not moving your arms when you run on maybe might go hand in hand with that. Hmm. But um, you know, yeah. let, let you, know. You you'd be unsurprised. You'll be unsurprised to know that I would single out that that, that person <laughs> hanging on the side of the lines with their, their just their fingertips yeah. just visible through their long yeah, sleeve yeah. shirt and then the, the next time when they got the ball um, they and the ball usually went out of touch <laughs> um, there you well, go industrious I wondered with Inter after this result because like you say I think in many ways I expected them to run away with it and win quite handsomely but there was a part of me, and this is just because it's into. There was a part of me before the game where I was thinking, you know, I, I can imagine. I think because of the madness of the Milan game as well, it's kind of what 
put this thought in my mind, but I, I can imagine them making a bit of a deal of this. Do you know what I mean? Making a bit of a deal of getting three points here. And obviously that is how it planned out. So if for anyone who doesn't know, they, they got the winner, Dumfries bundled in a corner, literally with basically the last action of the game. It was a 94th minute of four added minutes. Um, and they'd been bombarding the Lecce goal in the last 10 minutes or so. But I wondered after the game, this this whole sort of transfer circus that I've alluded to, where so the, the situation with them right now is they've not made the 60 million euro profit that they need I say need, that they set the target of making this summer. They also wanted to reduce the wage bill by 10%, which they have done because of Vidal and Sanchez primarily going, among others. Um, there are suggestions that they can also make up the rest of that 60 million in January or next summer and it wouldn't be the end of the world, but also they definitely want it this summer if the bids come in. And the two players in question are Skriniar and Dumfries. And it's Chelsea and PSG basically hovering around both of them, seemingly one or a different one every single day. And a lot of Inzaghi's comments have been kind of at odds with the club, and he's been making it very clear that he doesn't expect anyone to leave. But all of this obviously filters through to the players in some way. And you just wonder if there was there was a bit... that It just it seemed a little bit more disjointed than I maybe expected for a team that, as a collective, has largely been together for the whole of pre-season. They got all their big business done very early. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. It, it was very disjointed for a, you know, a group of players that have been together. Um, there's clearly stuff going on in the background. It's sort of, I, well, I, I, I think I said I was looking at Juventus to reclaim a title, um, but you know, Inter should be a challenger there. But they've just got this feeling that they could implode and if they implode they're going to implode big style <laughs> um, whether that would be Inzaghi walking out you know say they get through to the the some yeah the, the January transfer window and then somebody has to leave then and that's what pushes him over the edge um, I think I think we're going to see an interesting season from Inter I just wonder whether we're actually going to see that on the pitch and everything's going to be what's played out off it. Well, that's the thing because, you know, I, you can certainly very much picture, much like how Lukaku did last summer, one of those two players being so more likely probably Dumfries because he's easier to replace. But... With Darmian. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, there are players around they could... Um, Alvaro Odrizola is... Um, Odriazola, Spanish, um, is someone being talked about. But in terms of centre-backs, there's loads of centre-backs out there, but there's not really any more good ones left. Do you know what I mean? Like people that you'd replace Milan Skriniar with. Um, but if they do get rid of somebody big, I, like you say, I think it, they, they, there could be a bit of a implosion there. It's all very it's all very into, basically. Um, in terms of the... Actually, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Lukaku with that goal in 90 seconds, which did just feel so inevitable. It almost looked like it was like orchestrated yeah. by everybody involved. And I'm not trying to allege anything there. I just mean that's how it felt. No. Um, uh, how many goals do you think he's going to score? I, I'm going to ask you to put a number on it, I'm afraid. Uh, um, so I think in excess of 20. So um, 
which I can't remember what you got last. Let's say twenty-two. Okay, I was, I was. I like the number twenty-two. Yeah. For for the year. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. I, I think, um. I'm a, I'm a big fan of numbers alongside each other. <laughs> 22, 33, well, 666. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm thinking perhaps in the ballpark of 26 is where I was going. I think I think it could be mm. very well. I know that's at odds with what I just said about things maybe going mad, but I think regardless of what happens in that respect, it's going to be at the back where things go mad. I think they're still going to score a lot of goals. Um, it just depends how how many Martinez gets alongside because I, I, I don't see them both getting into the latter 20s. I think something's got to give in that sense, partnership-wise. Um, in terms of the other games, I'm not going to pick a specific third game just because there's not really an obvious one. Um, but we'll run through the rest. There's a, there's a, I was about to say, there's, a, there's an obvious... There's an obvious... Um, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, action, if it was, if we call it action, which is Radu dropping oh, the ball into his own net for the winner against Fiorentina. Oh, we'll, we'll start it there, is that. It's like... <laughs> Well, it, 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 you know, you can't really not because it's like, it, it, it's, it's, is it funny or is it sad? It's, it's probably it's sad. It's funny the first time, the which was the Bologna game last year. It, it, yeah. Once it once something like that. Well, happens, well this yeah, is a thing. It's, it's awkward. Yeah, for for people unaware, you know that probably you know there might well be some people first time viewers for Serie A this season. There, but when you put it in context, that his last appearance, you know, his last league appearance, which effectively threw the title it's his into only the hands one of the season of no, Mia. It was only a second yeah, of the exactly. season in all competitions. Um, and you just wonder. And to be honest, that that, that whole Fiorentina uh, Cremonese game, you had um, the Fiorentina goalkeeper. Actually, I'm not sure who is there now because they've just lost uh, Dragowski. It was, um, but th- that was a, a direct. Yeah, that was a direct yeah, corner. That well, someone sort of just just thought he dives into his net. It doesn't quite yeah. get it out. I don't know if he ended up going in direct from the corner. And then on his way back, collected the ball on his way into the net, basically. Yeah, so I don't know if that got put down as his goal or whether he pushed it on to a defender before he went in. But yeah, there was some some shocking goalkeeping in that game. But yeah, you, you do feel for, for, for Radu. After he had a decent season at Genoa. Um, I don't know how long ago it was now, but it was it was my one and hopefully only trip to the Juventus Stadium. <laughs> um, they drew one one with one one with Juve. Um, I think Christian Romero scored for for Jenner actually. It, it, it was twenty nineteen. Chris, 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 yeah, something like that. Cristiano Ronaldo was playing. It was it was September time. Um, but yeah, he, he looked he looked half decent. He looked like he had a, he could have a solid career. And you just you just wonder. You know, this is a team that's going to be fighting relegation. You know, the one thing you want if you are fighting relegation is somebody that, you know, it doesn't have to be a great shot stopper that's going to save sort of 10, 15 shots a game and save you a point. But the four or five or three or whatever you're playing in front of them has got to have confidence mm. in that goalkeeper, particularly coming to claim crosses and when he's <laughs> catching them and dragging them into his own net it, there was a moment I don't know if it's two or three of the defenders where they collectively just sort of looked away from him I, it went in you know he, he's just signed he's just signed you and it's like you, you'd want I think you know I'm quite a harsh critic of teammates when I used to play 
a lot. I mean, even I would have gone up and given him a, mm. oh, come on, mate, you know, here we go. Let's don't worry about it. You know, there's there's 111 points still to play for, or whatever many, however many points there are still to play for. Don't worry about it, particularly in that context. Whereas it felt like the first game of the season, his is is his fellow colleagues are going. Oh yeah, right. Okay, that's this is this is going to be a long season. Be, look what we've look what we've got behind us. This is going to be a long year. You know, it's like Torino when they had Padelli in, in behind them a few years back because he kicked one in as well, didn't he? I, I think I think saying that saying that it was collecting across is actually kind to him because that's a harder thing to do than what he had to do. It, it was one of them crosses that was sort of ended up being on target, and all he had to do was just know where he Slap was yeah either that or just know where you yeah. are in relation to your goal and I, I say all he had to do is if you know the, the caveat here being i couldn't do it um but he should be able to do it is <laughs> is the key factor um yes but apart from that yeah 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 and i hate that i am one of the worst goalkeepers in the world you know you'd never you'd never put me in goal and somebody to go to you yeah but you couldn't do it yeah, but that's not the point. <laughs> they are a pro- they're they're a professional. It's not that it's not that I'm criticising him because I could do it. I'm criticising him because he should be able well, to I'll do it. That. I might have been able to slap that over the diamond. I couldn't have done the rest of the game. But in that in that isolated yeah, yeah, instant, I, yeah, I might. You know, I'm not I'm not short man. I might, I might have been able to slap that over the bar. Uh, my my distribution would have been better. And I tell you what, I also would have been much better. I wouldn't have been that new Lazio goalkeeper running out oh to pick the ball God. up outside the area. I would have gone feet first on that How as many well. That was. And, he, to be fair, he did his but, but, best to the, the way that he collected it outside the box and landed on it inside the box was quite impressive. I thought clearly he didn't fool him. It, it, I think in a different day and age, he might have got away with that because it was quite a swift movement, but ultimately it was illegal. But yeah, without without VAR, I think yeah. he gets away with it. I think he gets I think he gets away with it though because he's the home goalkeeper. Mm. I think I think in a non-VAR era, because it is only a free kick. You know, I know he gets sent off, but you know, it, it's not as if he's get, he's given a penalty yeah. away. But I think in a non-VAR era, and that's an away goalkeeper somewhere, and you know, and the crowd will jump on the ref. I think the ref ref gets. You know, now we have to wait the sort of five minutes. Arnautovic was throwing his arms around because he he clearly seen that it was it was outside of the box, um, and and the referee doesn't make a decision. I think in a in an era when the referee hasn't got that that backup of the the video assistant, you know, they probably give that nine times out of ten if it's the away team, and probably five times out of ten if it's the home team. But the lad who came on Providale. Just you know, I I didn't realise I knew Lazio had no goalkeepers at one stage this summer, so I wasn't really sure who I was in goal. When I saw him turn up, <laughs> no, and all I could remember about Providale was when he was at uh, it was Spezia, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? When he was at Spezia, he was always rushing out. He was brilliant with his feet. I thought you've got you've got him coming on for the very thing that the other goalkeeper hasn't done that he kind of in my mind was always doing when he when he came up with Spezia. Always loaned to Spezia. I don't know who owns him at half time. I don't know who's owning players in um, in yeah, Italy or you know lower leagues. But um, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 Alistair McKenzie made a point because um, obviously Providad had a, a quite a good game and and Lazio went on to win with a a clinical Immobile finish. But I, I think the other lads really sort of dropped a um, careful. There's a phrase <laughs> I probably I shouldn't exactly use. Yeah. So. <laughs> so he's. 
he's um, he's 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 dropped one, unlike the ball that he didn't drop. Um, and that might be a season over. And it's sad, isn't it? You know, in, 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 yeah, well, yeah, particularly because he's a goalkeeper. Yeah. And you yeah, think, so oh, you know, and I've, I've had, yeah, I've got two close friends that have played at like professional level as goalkeepers. And they largely ended up drifting out of the game because if you can't make that breakthrough as a young goalkeeper and become like a number one, yeah. and you think, yeah, and you think that, you know, Lazio are uh, you know, a big club. They're a significant player in the Italian league system. And that could be his, his career over unless they've got real, real confidence that he will be their number one. Because if they go on a little run now and, you know, the, the defenders, again, we're talking about earlier about confidence in the person behind you if the if the defenders there kind of get settled with Providell or look look really good and sort of win Sarri over then he's probably on the bench now the rest of the season it is a real shame for the lad because considering it was oh, was it about, is it 15 minutes into the game it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't long that, I think it was even earlier it was um, I will find it st- st- stick with me everyone it was I reckon, six I reckon, minutes. I reckon ten. Six oh, minutes. six. Wow. <laughs> it's inside six minutes. That's that's mad, isn't it? That's six minutes into your competitive debut. I don't know with... how this happened, but just one minute later, Mihailovic managed to get himself a yellow, which is interesting. I don't know if he wanted... He's probably moaning yeah, about it. I mean, it's... There was, a, there was a, lot of, a lot of crowding around the ref from Lazio, which mm, I felt was a little bit ridiculous. They must have known. Yeah, and there was a, there was a, yeah you bring you come on to um, uh, you said Milinkovic Savage didn't you? Uh, I don't think I did, but he, he he was in the game. Oh okay. Oh, he wasn't the one who got booked. Sorry, for some reason the mind no, went straight to look for, to uh, Mahalovic. That's, that's what I mean, oh, okay. It was the that's coach, it. Yeah. So, that's, so that's why I went to Mahalovic Milinkovic Savage. <laughs> you know, you can see where I've done that. But there was a there was an altercation between him and um, Medell, and. It, it, Milinkovic Savic was towering yeah, over Medell, but they were going at each I other, you know, proper sort of. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. There was that, that, that was that, there was that viciousness to whatever, whatever words and whatever language they were exchanging mm. them in. And I thought, oh, let that, let that go. Go on, let's have a little bit of niggle because I'd, I'd quite like to see that. Fight. I assume it must be Italian. What's that? A Serbian and uh, is he Chilean? I think the yeah. Chilean. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the middle ground is? Um, or you say Chilean, I say Chilean. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. I'm, uh... I was about to say I'm from further south, but I'm not, yeah. not even slightly. <laughs> you couldn't get any more further south. Uh, no. Um, no. Yeah, that was a mad game, though, because um, Samara managed to get himself sent off in the same half. He got two yellow cards in four minutes. And, th- do you know, I, I was going to put this to Vito, actually, um, just because I don't quite know how I'd find this out using the internet. But I swear last season, Samara got two yellow cards very close together in a game. I, could, I don't know if that jolts any memory to you, but I could have sworn that happened. No. I know that Peter would be able to immediately um, tell me the game and what the weather was, but he's not present. Yeah, I'd, I'd be basing that on that. I'd seen him do it today, and it felt like I'd seen him do it six months yeah. ago. Um, but again, that was another one. That was they were stupid. People they were us and tell us. they were fouls. Yeah, but if, if it's again, if it's the home side, I think maybe they get away with that. You know, already being down mm. to ten men, but. It, it, it set the second half up nicely, um, although it took a, a little while for Lazio to score the eagle. But that was that was another good thing. You know, um, I'll go back to Alistair McKenzie was there. He said they had forty thousand, which was a great, great attendance in you know yeah. the vast bowl that's the Olympico at, at this time of year. And 
So, so firstly, just, you know, it's, it's unsurprising with a Mobley, but he, I don't, he doesn't even really stagger his run. He, he starts striding at the correct pace that he's onside for what was almost a perfectly weighted return pass. And then obviously he's, well, I was, was going to say clinical, the goalkeeper does get a little bit on it and it bounces up into the net. But then when you saw that celebration straight towards the crowd, it's, I don't know, it just didn't, it felt like we're 10 games into the season. It's, yeah, and it, it was another really great well. example. Yeah, it's another great example of how kind of everybody, well, it appears everybody's kind of bought into the importance of these games because, like I say, historically, I remember going to loads of games, start of the season, and you just, you sit there, it's about catching up with your mates you haven't seen for three months. Yeah. And, you know, just, just you're, you're finding your, your way in anyway, whether you've got a new season ticket seat or whatever. And But no, it seems like it... it, it it bodes really well for the rest of the season that Serie A has seemed to have started at that pace this, um, you know, this weekend. Yeah, there, there was a very pleasant level of chaos this weekend. Um, we'll stick with the Roman teams. Um, Roma were away at Salernitana, and they won one nil, but they should have won by a lot more than that. Um, it might that yeah, the scoreline makes it sound like they sort of scraped in a away win, but Zaniolo should have scored about fifteen. Dybala probably should have had about four or five. And then there's a couple of other chances as well. Um, a, a lot of people yeah. have stayed excited about Roma. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're probably the team with the most buoyant fan base right now, based on transfers. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of people have talked about them as a title challenger. I'm not, I wouldn't go that far. But they're certainly a hell of a lot closer towards that picture than they were this time last season, you'd think. Were you, did you catch this game? Are you impressed by them? I had um, I had half an eye on it, so I saw I saw a lot of you know. It was a, I think there was a shot from Dybala that sort of flashed across the box. Tammy Abraham might have had one actually. At the end, Karlsdorp looked like he was gonna probably give the go the the game that second goal um, that you know would have at least better reflected their their dominance. Yeah. But what I miss what I miss was probably um, a lot of that build up where. You know, you could have a little bit more confidence as a Roma fan. It, although they missed those chances, I kind of did come away thinking, you know, I, I certainly think they'll get Champions League this year. Um, but oh, it's terrible, isn't it? You know, you, oh, I really, I'm really sort of shying away from calling it a sort of classic Mourinho performance. But there was there was a lot of grinding, grinding away at times, just because I think Salernitana. It was quite obvious that they were dragging them down to their level. You know, there were robust challenges rather than sort of, you know, unfair challenges. Um, Pellegrini got away from somebody and then suddenly he's on the floor because the person's just pulled his shoulder back. Um, yeah, oh, sorry, I was thinking about another red card. I think that was in a different game. That was in a Fiorentina game. But yeah, they'll, they'll be fine, I think. Um, you think they'll stay up there? Yeah? But I don't know. Well, Salernitana, yeah, I was thinking more about Roma. But <laughs> I, 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 have, I wonder whether, having just spoken about the speed at which the league kind of got away, whether Mourinho wants that. You know, particularly against the side that's going to be challenged for relegation. It's like, keep your powder dry. Mm. You know, that's fine getting all those chances. He, he'd rather not have a 6-0 first game of the season win to get everybody's hopes up. He'll... 
he'll have a 1-0 win with loads of chances that might indicate that the next game they'll take a few more of those chances and they'll get a 3-1 win or a 2-0 win. And just slowly, slowly build with this side because the teams where he's had a lot of money to spend and then you've, you've had to make that statement you know, because you've gone into a Chelsea and they've signed a Robin and they've signed a Drogba and everybody else. You go out, you want to make that statement win, whether that be a, a win against one of your rivals or a high-scoring win. I think with Roma, he, he understands what his budget is and expectation is and he won't want the Roma fans getting too carried away because they will. Um, I've been to Roma enough times and spoke to enough Roma fans um, that, you know, the slightest hint of success, they will jump all over it. And um, yeah, I think he'll probably he'll probably be happily sort of just drifting in, you know, slowly into the season and just building it up a little slow momentum. I don't know if they are one of the clubs that have got a European fixture this week. I don't know who's going through the qualifiers. I now can't recall who's going through the qualifiers from Italy. Don't think if any at all for the do, Europa League. But I wouldn't. But that's the other that's the other thing that starts soon. You know, Mourinho wanna wanna have a, another run in Europe. Um, and obviously that will be coming soon enough because I think we've only got two weeks until all the Champions League and Europa League are drawn and it starts the week after. It is It is going to be, maybe this is what they're expecting, a few of them are maybe expecting they're going to get a break in um, November for the World Cup. So maybe that's why we're starting. So, you know, it's such a frantic pace. Yeah. But um, it is going to be me- it is going to be mental. You know, just, just, <laughs> just looking at my own diary for the next like three or four months. It's it, absolutely mental. It's like game, midweek game, game, midweek game. Yeah, it's, um, it's very horrible. For, for any clubs in Europe. Yeah, any clubs in Europe, they're going to be absolutely knackered by the time, I think it's the 13th, 14th November, the um, Serie A mm, shuts down. I think uh, Roma have gone straight into the Europa League group, so I want to say, because they won the Conference League. I assume yeah, that's okay. how UEFA have worked that out. I've, I've, they're not playing yes. this Thursday. Um, Fiorentina are playing in the Conference League, though. Ah, uh, so that, yeah, so they'd be the ones that yeah. have got that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but that still means that Roma. Uh, in what three weeks' time? I think it's the week commencing the third of September. They're European. Yeah, it's all coming up earlier, isn't it? Um, season starts. Yeah, um, and you don't you don't get a break. But three of the games just to quickly talk about: um, Sampdoria nil, Atalanta two. Bear in mind what is going on at Atalanta in terms of Gaspers and Happy. Um, Remo Freuler's just gone in what is you can't say a fantastic deal financially for Atalanta, especially with the player they're losing. Um, Malinowski could be off as well. Um, you know, it's it's not been a thrilling few days leading up to the first game, and not that they have stuck eight past anyone or anything like that. But you know, they've won a game. <laughs> they've got those first points on the board. Lookman scored as a new signing, which is very useful. Um, I think you'd you'd take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think if you're Atalanta, you'll take that. Um... We haven't got veto here, so I don't want to say too much about oh, I Sam. Think, I think they're absolutely um, muddled this season. I'll be honest. They've started he, to do a few uh, more deals now, but there was a point a week or so ago, even before Damsgaard left, and it was like, geez, there's nothing going on there. <laughs> he he was he was talking up um, dominated possession 55% to 45%. <laughs> okay. um, and there, there, was, there was a close call on um, a foul before Caputo put them... One ahead that was then disallowed um, because yeah, that of that foul, but um, 
it, I, I think I've stuck. I, so I, I got I got stuck on the the veto tweet, just because it didn't feel like that. It felt like Atalanta were controlling it, and there'd been a there'd been a Lookman goal disallowed about five minutes before he actually scored one, which came from another sort of sweeping um, breakaway. And um, yeah, Atalanta looked like you know they look like they'll be alright this year, but they're going to be a shadow of what we've what we've seen previously. And I think if I was less about the signings, I think if I was uh, an Atalanta fan, obviously we're missing our our Atalanta fan for the week. Um, was Gasparini? You know, I know he can look look quite animated on the touchline. He gets sent off, what feels like every other week. Um, but you know, could they cope if he walked out? You know, if his if frustrations at referees are then exacerbated by frustrations with what's going on yeah. with his uh, squad redevelopment, it's weird, isn't it? Because um, and we, we can talk about this more in depth with Connors. He's you know he's more informed about Atlanta than we are. But what felt like and what has largely been described for a few years as I can't remember who was first to say this, but it's been then rehashed many times. As, I think it's like pound for pound the best rum club in Europe. Um, it it suddenly feels like quite a fragile ecosystem very quickly. And I think that that's concerning. Yeah, well, Musso came in last year and, you know, that was, you know, I hold my hands up. I tipped him for the total last year because it felt like it felt like a year when it could be anybody's. There was a period and I went for the... didn't look daft. It just then everyone got injured. Yeah, well, Musso looked like a, a, a real improvement but I didn't realise until the weekend that they'd signed Boga for 20 million now I like Boga I, I thought he was he was good at Sassuolo but he was largely impact player when I'd heard they'd spent 20 million on the back of his loan last season although lots of those loans it's all oh you've got a it's never an option to buy it's an obligation to buy you know after yeah, they've played five minutes or something um, yeah but and, and that just made you know and then you've got Lookman who started really well and that, that is a lad who's who's absolutely in need of a club that knows what they want to do with him. Yeah, he struggled for a home. Um, but it, 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 it looked like he'd be still playing, sort of, you know, dovetailing almost with, with, with Boga and, and some others for game time. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. And as I say, I'm sure Connor will enlighten us all be crying into his Atalanta shirt next week if they lose. But... Um, I should say, yeah, they'll, they'll be all right to Milan. So, yeah, the key thing yeah, there is that well they're at home. Well, last season they were shocking. Yeah. Um, so that'd be a yeah. big surprise. But yeah, but yeah, that, that that might be one of those occasions where that sort of spins on its head now. Yeah, perhaps. And then they'll be strong at home again this year. At home win against Milan. Um, other two games, very, very briefly. I know I keep saying that and then we just end up talking about them <laughs> i i apologize i keep I've, I've managed to we've managed to do a two-person pod and i've managed to rabbit for about four people um so apologies anybody that's bored of listening to um monza one well they would have just turned off <laughs> monza one torino two that's slightly surprising to me and since torino have had obviously a pretty horrible summer lots of that's been very well talked about the fighting in car parks etc and it's not even really settled down since then um but they won so well done to them um and Spezia won Empoli nil. Can't say I've got a lot to say about that. That's two teams where you don't really know what you're going to get until you're quite a few games in. Um, but again, well, no. well done to them. I'm sure you can agree. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, Connor will be happy. MP lost. Yeah, and the and he actually, likes I, here as well. Yeah, generally, as a, a place yeah. to be. Yeah, I'm hoping to get to Spezia this year. Um, there's lots of places I need to get to this year. Um, Monza and Cremonese. That's they, five. They look like they're going to be really easy. Five teams from Lombardy now, which is is that really mad? Malinowski should just go to Monza. Really <laughs> Oh, that that would hurt, wouldn't it? That would, it. <laughs> that would sting. You know, uh, he, he wouldn't bite when he twenty when he tweeted the other day about leaving. His, I think it was Malinowski's wife said, "Oh, you know, we we are happy here, but football, you know, sometimes you know, just a short career, or whatever it was." But oh, just go to Monza. They're taking everyone. They're taking Pasina. You won't have to move out your house. You we need just... a drastic change of scenery in our lives. We're, we're off to Monza. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I'd tip them to win this weekend, Monza, so what do I know? Yeah, right, I'm going to call it there. Um, like I say, tomorrow night, Verona, Napoli, and Juve as well, so everyone get themselves parked in front of the telly, diary permitting, because that could be very, very lovely. Um, like I say, patreon.com forward slash total Italian football. Um, more details in due course about that, but you'll be getting more. It's two euro, five euro, ten euro tiers and there'll be lots of cool stuff more than last season. Um, thank you very much, Kev. I think we've done quite well there to get nearly an hour. Um, I think Connor might be a bit dismayed when these files get through to him. He might not have been expecting that. Um, yeah. Especially after we both complained about how tired we are and wanting to go to bed before we started. <laughs> but, Indeed. yeah, that's some good games. So we, Yeah, we've done well. All right, catch a bit. Bye, Kev. Say goodbye. See you later. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Campionato di calcio italiano.